welcome to this edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. On this Friday, the 27th of November, we're almost out of 2020, people. It's so great. Uh, but we're not out of football season yet. Unfortunately, it's going to end in about six weeks. But we have a long way to go before that. And we don't know if our season's going to be over in six weeks because we are in playoff contention. Yes, we are in playoff contention. We'll be playing meaningful football if the Giants win this Sunday. So... Let's get right into it. So first off is the injury report. I'm not going to really do a stock up, stock down thing because I have a couple other things to talk about. So for the injury report, uh, last two days before today, James Bradbury had a family situation, so he was excused from practice. Played today, so he's going to be going for Sunday. Sterling Shepard limited with a hip and a toe injury. He's going for Sunday. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, full practice. Remember, he left that Eagle game with a concussion. He's going to be... Active on Sunday. Graham Gano, he returned to practice today. And if he wasn't activated already, he will be. He will play on Sunday. So let's go into the questionable aspects. Or I see, in my opinion, that these players are questionable. One of them is officially. But I don't know about the others. Uh, Xavier McKinney. According to an unnamed NFL source. And that's really his Twitter name. Uh, the Giants are actually really expected to activate Xavier McKinney from the injured reserve list, and he's going to get some snaps on Sunday. I'm happy about that. I really want to see this kid thrive, except, you know, obviously he has to adjust to the NFL level. He has to adjust to the system, and I'm just happy, you know, to see him. He's going to get snaps increasing in the next couple of weeks, so we'll see what type of player he will be. O'Shane Zimenez, I don't think he's coming back this week, to be honest with you. Um, I haven't heard any reports or anything or anything I would say recently on him, but I've been keeping my eye out. Tate Crowder, he was practicing today, I'm pretty sure. So it's going to be, I would say, my opinion questionable for Sunday, but I don't, in my opinion, expect them to activate him. Who knows, they might. Uh, they also need a third tight end, so we're going to actually talk about that as well because Caden Smith is on the COVID list with Matt Parrott and Dante Pettis. Those guys are going to be out for Sunday. And then you got Brandon Williams with an ankle injury. Uh, he's questionable, and I don't think he practiced today. So um, we'll see where that goes. But for the protections for this week on the practice wide, which really disappointed me, um, in my opinion, really, I wouldn't say disappointed, but I would say, I don't know. I just feel like they should have activated or at least protected a tight end because they had Kenny Wiggins, Carson Tinker, and Chad Slade. So... You know, obviously, you lose the offensive tackle. You're going with five receivers, actually, maybe four, because you got Tate, Shepard, Slayton, and Mack, and Board, too. So that's actually five. Um, Carson Tinker, obviously, I think they protected him just in case that uh, Casey Kreider may have had COVID. He didn't, so he's protected just in case. As I said, you know, they're not always going to pull every guy that they protect off the practice squad. Then you have Chad Slade. Um, guard and tackle so I would say you know uh, versatile offensive lineman is he good you know he's just average guy backup but I really wanted them to activate one of their tight ends Rice and John is one of them uh, other ones are Nate Weeding and Nakia Griffin Stewart so Nakia Griffin Stewart Rice and John and uh, I forgot and Nate Weeding that's the guy so I don't know anything about uh, the Stewart guy. Rice and John, obviously, a lot of people anticipated that he could be 
a tight end slash wide receiver because he's a big tall guy um it'd be interesting if they pull him but again you know you'd have to make like a roster move for that and i'm pretty sure you still can make roster moves because matt Parrott, kane smith pettis were put on the list i think it was last week um before friday obviously i remember talking about it and they didn't make any like transactional moves i would say in the other direction so they put you know basically what i'm saying is they didn't take anybody off the practice squad or sign anybody but they did uh put them on the covid list so we'll see where that goes but again i really think that you should not be just rolling out with two tight ends listen joe judge he's a coach uh i'm not but I would rather have that insurance of having two tight ends because Ingram, he's not that good at blocking. We know this, and he's a pass catcher. We know this, and Levine Toilolo, he's not a pass catcher, but he's a run blocker. So um, we'll see what the Giants do with that. It's going to be interesting, in my opinion. Um, so that's pretty much uh, that situation and all the injuries and whatnot. So let's go on to Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley. I'm going to go through it. I'm not going to go through... Uh, Finley's last year because I feel like it's a little bit irrelevant Uh, I'm gonna go over his stats where uh, he faced Washington after Joe Burrow's injury so I'm gonna go over that in a second but Brandon Allen could be the starting QB this week according to Mike Garofolo honestly the Giants should and should not be phased because number one obviously you're seeing a different quarterback Joe Burrow you know he would have put our defense to a test in my opinion but these two guys, you know, Brandon Allen, he's only had one year of experience. Same as much as uh, Ryan Finley. I mean, Finley was drafted in 2019 in the fourth round. Brandon Allen was drafted in the fourth round in 2016, I believe. I think he was drafted by the Broncos, maybe, or another team that needed a quarterback. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, he only, like, appeared in games for, like, one year, and that was 2019 when... Joe Flacco was injured, so let's take a look at uh, Brandon Allen's stats game by game. He played in three games, won one, lost two. Uh, The Week 9 game, which was against Cleveland, they won 24-19, so he completed 12 passes, uh, 20 total attempts, so they didn't, I guess, pass it a lot. Um, Only 20 attempts, 60% completion percentage, two touchdowns, 125.6 passer rating. And also 193 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, sacked three times. No surprise there because the Bengals offensive line last year and this year as well. Uh, not very good. Next game, loss uh, 27-23 in Minnesota. In Minnesota, 17 for 39. 43.5% completion. 240 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. So that's where you know it started going down for him i guess 61.9 pass rating two sacks and that's pretty much it also going back to the cleveland game he rushed about five times for 13 yards in this game he rushed three times for 18 yards six per attempt and look at the final game he started i think it was before um one of their other qbs took over i think it was drew lock that took over at that point uh lost 20 to 3 to buffalo in buffalo 10 for 25 40 percent completion 82 yards and one interception so and also to add 32.4 passer rating four sacks and he ran the ball two times for eight yards so what do i expect about this you know 
Uh, Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley. I'm going to get to Ryan Finley right now before I actually go to my points. So in the game against Washington, three completions, 10 attempts, 30% completion percentage, 30 yards. So that's about 10 per attempt and four sacks for 31 yards. So obviously that Washington D-line got to them and one rush for 19 yards. So my point is here, you're not going to see, in my opinion at least, just like they have been doing all year. Listen, they have Joe Mixon on IR uh, Giovanni Bernard is just coming back to practice this week. And they also have Samaji Perrine and another running back. I don't know his name. Um, I don't expect them to run a lot. Knowing that the Giants defense is one of the best, I believe, sixth in run defense this year. Great against the run. The pass defense is where they're going to try to get him. And, you know, Ryan Lewis, he's not coming back this week because we haven't heard a peep about him. Uh, nonetheless, Isaac Yadom, he's probably going to have another start. He did have a good start against the Eagles doesn't mean he's the best quarter in the league but again you know that's I would say an up compared to the downs he's had this season now nonetheless their receivers T Higgins uh Tyler Boyd AJ Green I'm going to review their stats in a little bit those are guys you should watch out for because you know no matter the quarterback I would say again one of the best rushing defenses you don't have your primary number one back in Joe Mixon and you get to utilize the weapons. You know, CJ Uzama, he's not there. He tore his Achilles or ACL uh, back, I think it was on Thursday Night Football, I want to say, against the Browns. Unfortunately, that happened, and uh, good luck to him in his recovery. I don't know how that's going right now, so I can't tell you anything. So let's go into the stats here. Giants are 30th in total yards, and this is offense. I start out with offense, defense, and then the next team, offense, defense. 30th in total yards with 306.6 per game. Passing, they're 29th, 196.1 per game. Rushing, we've gotten better in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, the offensive line with Joe Judge, you know, that whole situation. I'm not going to go into the drama again because that seems like a fucking broken record. Uh, nonetheless, 110.5 per game, which is 19th. Uh, and then points, 19.5 per game. That's 30th defense here, uh, 358.6. Total yards allowed per game, 16th. Passing yards allowed per game, that's 257.7, 24th. And then 6th in rushing, 100.9 allowed per game. And then 12th in points, 23.6 per game. Going to the Bengals, which are, I would say, not the greatest, but better offensively. Total yards, 20th. Passing yards, 16th. Rushing yards, 23rd. And points, 26th. So, obviously, they're not, like, bad as the Giants, but they could do a lot better than they are right now. And, obviously, the change in quarterback is going to affect that. Don't tell me it's not. And then the defense, which is not very good, uh, hasn't been for so many years now. I feel bad for Bengals fans, kind of, a little bit. Uh, total yards are 26th. Passing yards, they're 22nd. That's two above the Giants, actually, unfortunately. Rushing yards, they are 30th. And points? 22nd so here we go with my keys to win I'm gonna point it out and then I'm gonna go into what players we should watch this week so let's start out with number three you need to get the rushing game and keep it going obviously Alfred Morris uh, Deion Lewis Wayne Gallman those guys have been you know pounding it in the offensive line obviously has been doing a better job the last two weeks really the last three because we're on a bye but the last two games they've been you know doing a great job and obviously pull up those stats a week or two ago so obviously you know I know what I'm talking about and 
you know, they've been managing fine without Saquon Barkley in the last two weeks. So keep the rushing game going to 30th in rushing yards. I'm pretty sure that we could take advantage of that. It's not just, oh, Daniel Jones uh, passed the ball. You know, yes, their passing defense isn't good, but still. Uh, second, defend the pass and get to Brandon Allen. As I mentioned before, uh, this QB hasn't played in almost a year. Actually, over a year. And he's going to be with a very different team. Even if it's Ryan Finley, you still need to get to the quarterback. Get the pressure. Get the sack. Uh, their offensive line isn't the greatest. Jonah Williams is the best there. They have a couple injuries on that offensive line, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, again, they're not going to be running the ball too much. Maybe 15, 20 rushes. That's maybe the most I could say for them, in my opinion. So, uh, defend the pass, get to Brandon Allen. And I wouldn't say don't... And I would say don't underestimate the opposing QB. As I said, whether it's Brandon Allen, whether it's Ryan Finley whether it's uh, Jim Bob Cooter, whether it's, you know, Joe Schmo, The Giants have a ridiculous history of giving up so many points, so many yards to this, that, and the other person, a backup QB, blah, 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 blah. They've been that team in the past, even this year, because we saw how many injuries with the 49ers, you know, Nick Mullins, he's the starting QB. Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa are out. We still gonna do shit. What was the final score? Thirty-six to nine. Couldn't score a touchdown. And I get all oh, that was a premature thing, you know. Uh, that was basically the preseason. But Nick Mullins is the starting quarterback. So in my opinion, the Giants need to come into this game. And I know this is pretty much a standardized coaching perspective of things. Even though I'm not a coach. Go in there with the same mentality, the same attitude, no matter who the QB is. Patrick Graham designed a scheme of set of plays or set of plays that goes in, that takes away the receivers, pressures Brandon Allen, and you get uh, more, I would say, productive drives out of the offense. Passing and rushing, by the way, but I see the Giants rushing it more than they are passing it, but then again, I could be wrong. So, you know... As I said before, Giants have a history of really just, you know, thinking, oh my God, it's a backup QB. We're going to go in there. We're going to crush him. No, because that's what you did against Nick Mullins. I mean, I don't know if they had that attitude. And pretty much a coaching aspect and a fan aspect is two different things. My opinion and a biased fan aspect, I think we could crush Brandon Allen. But I know in my heart, that if the Giants lose this game, it is not to be wowed about. Because they lost to Nick Mullins, to a pretty decimated, crippled, excuse my language, uh, 49er team. When they didn't have all their pieces. I would have liked to seen it with their full team, to be honest with you. Then again, it's Giants luck, so they may just play better on that aspect. You know, um... With this game, staying competitive is going to be the most but the least of it. Because, you know, staying competitive, obviously, that's the key to every game coming out of the bye. Especially for the Giants because Dallas lost. They gave us a gift. And in my opinion, Dallas is going to be that team or something's going to happen this week, next week, or whatever. That Dallas obviously lost a game that they shouldn't have. 
but they're going to win a game that they shouldn't have. Or somebody else in the division is going to win a game they shouldn't have and make our lives harder. So we have to make their lives harder by winning this game. And let me tell you something. In my opinion, which should be a general statement throughout the fan base, if the Giants do not win this Sunday, and I'm not talking about ties either. Fuck ties. I think ties are stupid. If the Giants do not win this Sunday, you can forget all the division hopes. I'm sorry. Unless they, you know, just win a game that they shouldn't have, or maybe they beat the Seahawks or something, you need a minimal three wins. That's my take. That's my take. Because, you know, again, Dallas lost to Washington, they should have. Dallas Dallas lost to Washington, and they should not have. But I feel like, just in case, you need that extra insurance game. That extra win. That just in case Dallas wins a game they shouldn't have, or maybe against the Ravens, or I don't know, any other team, that you need that extra game of insurance to say, okay, we're in the playoffs. So, and going back to my point about staying competitive, you know, the motto can't just be stay competitive. Yes, again, I'm going to be a broken record throughout this episode. Yes, that is so the theme throughout the rest of the season. But if the Giants lose to a quarterback who has not started in a year, who just got brought off the practice squad, you can't tell me, oh, they stayed competitive. No, I don't want any excuses. You know, people like to criticize the Giants. People like to stay soft on the Giants. I'm the middle. I will criticize them when I should, and I will defend them when I should. But if you lose this game on Sunday, you won't hear me talk about the division. I might sneak peek it I might say okay maybe uh, this thing this thing this thing will happen you won't hear me talking about it I won't say oh the Giants you know they still have a chance in the division I will have my hopes but I'm not going to screech as loud as I am right now because the Giants are the best team in this division and I don't care what other people say they have to show through these next six games that they're the best team in the division this year and they will be next year with free agency and draft that's that and the evolution of Joe Judge because I have hell of a lot of confidence in that guy so let's go to players to watch Uh, Carl Lawson he's been the best pass rusher for them this year a total of 28 pressures 4.5 sacks 14 quarterback knockdowns 9 hurries sent on 4 blitzes but, again, primarily rushing the passer. Lou Aranamo, or whatever his name is, is the defensive coordinator. Uh, for a lot of Giant fans that remember, in 2018, he was the defensive backs coach. And then he took the job in Cincinnati last year, so we did not see him. Um, I forget who replaced him, though. I don't remember. Tyler Boyd, um, he's been pretty much outstanding this season, as other seasons, obviously. And had a 100-yard game against the Eagles. Had a 100-yard game against the Browns that, you know... Really crushing loss for them, but a good win for the Browns, 37-34. And total on the season this year, if I could take a look, I actually don't have it with me right now. Oh, wait, yes, I do. Uh, 69 receptions, 710 yards, and three touchdowns, 10.3 yards per reception. You look at A.J. Green, he hasn't had, you know, all uh, prime A.J. Green stats, but he's had some decent stats. I thought that he would totally just sink. No, uh, 96 receiving yards against the Colts. The Colts are one of the top defensive teams in the NFL right now. Uh, Against Cleveland in that other game that I was just talking about with Tyler Boyd, 82 receiving yards. 
you know, he's pretty much their second receiver, third receiver now. Because T. Higgins is probably going to get uh, more and more, I would say, receptions. But nonetheless, you know, you keep him in there. He's a solid option. 35 receptions, 357 yards, and only one touchdown. That came in the game against Washington. William Jackson, their number one corner. Uh, obviously, if you listen to PFF grades, they give him like a 67. But uh, he's had really decent stats, I would say. A little bit similar to Bradbury, but I think Bradbury has been more physical on the ball. Um, pass deflections being one of those stats. So he's allowed 29 completions on 50 targets, 418 yards. That's a 58% uh, completion percentage, 14.4 yards per completion, 8.4 yards per target, and three touchdowns, 96.9 passer rating. So obviously, uh, the yards per completion could get better. So can the touchdowns if he wants to be a lockdown corner. So let's go into Jesse Bates, who is one of the most underrated safeties, in my opinion, because I don't hear, you know, constant talk, oh, Jesse Bates is this, Jesse Bates is that. You know, I think he's really good just comparing to, like, the coverage stats. But then again, I don't know how he is in the run game. 46.2 uh, completion percentage against 12 completions on 26 targets, 115 yards only, 9.6 yards per completion, 4.4 per target, and two touchdowns, 45 passer rating. This has to be the best season of his career. He was an undrafted free agent in 2018. Then 2019, uh, I would say he regressed a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the stats don't really show it here, except the passer rating and the touchdowns, but he's really improved this year. But unfortunately, a team is a team. You can't just say, oh, I have this, that, that's that. You know, It's not Odell Beckham Jr. or Saquon Barkley. Your stats are one thing. The team is another. And I'm not saying you know Jesse Bates is selfish and everything. But unfortunately, uh, the Bengals, the whole organization doesn't know how to surround their team with a defensive piece. And I don't know if it's on Anarumo or, you know, I'm not a Bengals fan, so I don't keep track. I don't know if it's on Anarumo. I don't know if it's on, you know, the head coach. I don't know if it's on the freaking GM. But for the last couple of years, the Bengals, you know, ever since Marvin Lewis left, have been a shit show. And I know they were rebuilding all this, that, and the other thing, but they've just been... An irrelevant team for the past couple of years. But then again, what are the Giants? I just think that the Giants are better in the front office. And Jonah Williams, I don't have the stats on him as well, but he has only allowed one sack this season, even though he's had uh, better minimal snaps in his time. Even though he's, uh, you know, had uh, some games where he's out two injuries. So um, pretty much that's what I have to say. Even though this seems like a short podcast episode, it is. Um, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And keep supporting us, Twitter, Instagram, Big Blue in the Bronx, YouTube channel. Uh, if we win, you'll see me on Cop Pizzle's live stream at some point because I always end up getting on there. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podbean, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Let's hope for a win on Sunday. Let's hope for a win on Sunday. And as I said, this is very seemingly like a trap game, in my opinion. It is, but the Giants have to not trap themselves in a trap game. They have to be competitive, number one, and they have to stay in the game. They have to win, but they have to have the lead the whole game, in my opinion, because you can't be having these chills during the game. Oh, my God, are the Giants going to lose? No. I had my separate thoughts about that in the Eagle game, but the Giants had to lead the whole time. They knew what they were doing. Defense made some stops at some points, even though the rushing game for the Eagles was very explosive. 
you know, we saw that a lot of times Boston Scott, uh, the 56-yard touchdown. But still, you have to be in the game 100%. We saw that most of the first half of the season. The Giants would play two quarters and they would shit the rest. So in this game, when you're up for a playoff spot, and I don't care, as I stated before on the podcast, I don't care if the Giants win the division and they go and be a uh, one-and-done team. Because it shows that the team is competitive and they're ready for football. Yes, they may not make the Super Bowl, but again, what do you, you know, this is this was a year where the Giants were not supposed to be good. Where they were supposed to be growing and developing. Not many people expected the defense to be this good. Not many, not many people expected for the Giants to manage without Saquon. So, you know, defied expectations and listen, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a journey next 6 games. And to end this off, pretty much it's not about what your division looks like. It's not about how crappy the teams in your division are. It's about what team represents them going to the playoffs. Thank you guys for watching, listening. And by the way, I'm doing a stream on Sportscaster around 12.15, 12.20 on Sunday before the game. Thank you guys. And uh, let's go Giants.